Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Sam Farcaro. I'm with Cody Whitehouse and Trevor Booth as we break down ASU football's week one win over UTSA 49-7 and preview this upcoming week's game against Michigan State. So we will start first with UTSA. Um, ASU got off to, I think, a perfect start. Uh, two touchdowns, first two drives. Then they had a bit of a lull, and then they ended the first half strong, and then the third quarter they just absolutely dominated. So, Trevor, what was your main takeaway from the win? The main takeaway was that the offense came out and made explosive plays. We saw Nikhil Harry go off for the big run on the first drive, and then he had the play where he cut all the way across the field. We know he's going to be a first-round pick, but I think the running backs were really a surprise. We saw Eno Benjamin and Isaiah Floyd make an impact. So if Arizona State can find ways to create offense on both sides, they'll be able to do really successful. Yeah, it's funny because I actually thought they passed a lot in the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. I felt like they were trying to get, they were trying so hard to get Harry involved early. Also, I feel like UTSA, I was screaming at my television because they were leaving like 10 yards of space between Harry. I'm like, you got to press Harry, man. Like, I know you're scared that he's going to get by you, but you got to contest him at the line of scrimmage, I feel. And that's one of the things about Nikhil Harry sitting at 6'4", you know, that's really hard to press a receiver like that. So you have to decide between either pressing him or playing off in UTSA. Game a 10-yard cushion, you saw what Nikhil Harry did with that. Yeah, obviously the him switching fields, I know, got a lot of hype on yeah. uh, social media. It was a ve- it was an amazing uh, touchdown. Um, so he really stood out. Uh, I thought the running backs, uh, picking back off you, Trevor, I thought the running backs were really good. Um, th- it took the ball to get going, but Eno had a really good game. He had 130 yards, I believe, of offense, so he was yeah. good. Um, Isaiah Floyd showed flashes. I know they've been very high on him um, in fall camp so far leading up to uh, the start of the season. Um, obviously, like, Trelon Smith is still suspended. I think another running back is still suspended. So it's really just... Floyd and um, and Benjamin. Do you guys think that this duo will be better than the previous duo we've had in Balazs and Richard? I believe they will. I think they're a little bit more dynamic than they are, Benjamin specifically, because he can make a cut and then he can accelerate right away and he has a speed that maybe we didn't see out of those guys. And then Floyd was very shifty too in the second half. We got to see some of his potential. So if they can keep this up and potentially use both of them in different ways, I think they could be better than last year's. And you know what, Sam? I think it's a little too early to tell on that one. You know, Benjamin and Floyd did have a great game, and they would be able to mix well with that passing game. So it's going to be tough, you know, if they're better than Balazs and Richard right now. But I think they definitely have the potential to, you know, going on in this season. Yeah, the offensive line was pretty good, too. At least run run offense, they were very good. Um uh, Wilkins had some time in the pocket. He really wasn't scrambling too much, which is rare. You know, we're so used to Wilkins scrambling for his life and running. He didn't run the ball that much. He only ran the ball, I think, six times all game. Yeah, six times for 28 yards. So that's pretty good. I know he had that hurdle uh, yeah. in the game. He, that's like a trademark hurdle. He always does that once a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I think uh, in all series, there's a lot of ta- good takeaways. Um, the defense obviously stood out. You know, almost, they almost had a shutdown. Unfortunately, they lost it right at the end. Um but, you know, they didn't have J.J. Wilson. He was suspended. I'm like, Karan Crump is still not fully healthy yet um, from his season-ending injury he had last year. But, you know, Chase Lucas had a sack and three tackles for loss. Um, D.J. Davidson had two sacks for ASU. So, all in all, it was a really strong effort by the defense. I definitely think we saw, you know, a strong effort from this uh, defense that we really didn't know what to expect a lot from. We had a lot of freshmen starting for them. Danny Gonzalez entering that 3-3-5 defense. So it was really hard, but we saw a lot of players, a lot of make a lot of big plays for the Sun Devil defense. We're seeing Gonzalez is not afraid to make a lot of substitutions and keep this Sun Devil defense fresh, which is going to be a key for them moving on through the Pac-12 schedule. Yes, absolutely. It's one thing to do this against a team again UTSA, but if you're going to play Michigan State, you got to bring it to a whole nother level. So that's going to be a big test for them next Saturday. 
Yeah, the Aussie Shannon Foreman had the huge pick six, the big man touchdown. He's already been nominated for a Heisman Trophy, so people <laughs> are really excited about Foreman. But yeah, the D-line was really good. I don't know. I was really, I was pleasantly surprised in the ASU's defense. Like, obviously, they have a much tougher test this week against Michigan yes. State. So I'm like, it's not, we're not going to overreact and say, oh, they're better than Washington's defense. You know, we're not going to go that far. But I thought the linebackers did well, though, considering they didn't have Wilson. Uh, Wilson will be back this week for Michigan State, as I guess we'll pivot that way to the Spartans mm-hmm. game. Um, so obviously Michigan State coming off a tight seven-point win over Utah State, 38-31 last Friday. Um, Michigan State fell four spots in the AP poll. They went from 11 to 15. So first of all, do you guys think the Spartans having that extra day off is going to matter, or do you think that it won't matter? I think definitely early in the season it's going to help, you know, having that extra day off, you know, extra day early in the season, extra day of film, extra day of practice to you know, really surround and figure out the other team's play. So I think it's going to be big for this team coming off that narrow victory. Utah State, not a powerhouse at all playing in that uh, Mountain West Conference. You, you can make an argument they're the fifth best team in the state of Utah alone. So Michigan State, I definitely expect them to see a lot better game out of them. They're a top-ranked team coming in for a reason, and they're a top-25 team without a doubt. So I definitely expect to see a better Michigan State team this week against Arizona State. And when you have a coach like Mark D'Antonio, he's not going to let something like that fly. So the extra day of help will get them prepared and have them ready for a bigger challenge because at some point the challenges are going to get even bigger for them in the Big Ten, so they'll be ready for the next game. It's funny, these Big Ten teams struggle this week. You know, Penn State almost lost to App State. I'm like, you know, they have such great atmospheres at home stadiums, and I feel like sometimes they kind of take their opponent lightly. Um, So I'm like, obviously Michigan State has a good duo. Um, They have Brian Lewerke, a Pinnacle High School alum, so he's returning home, so that's exciting for him and his family. Um, L.J. Scott, uh, running back for Michigan State, he only ran for 84 yards last week against Utah State. So which do you think it's going to be more important for ASU to neutralize their passing game or the rushing game? I think it's going to be the rushing game. You know, Michigan State tried to run the ball 42 times last uh, last game against Utah State, only at 165 yards, so about four yards a carry. So it's definitely going to be key for Arizona State to stop that run game and make Michigan State one-dimensional. You know, and really the strength of Arizona State is those cornerbacks and Kobe Williams and Jake uh, Chase Lucas, that is, and they're just going to be really key. So if they can stop that run, make Michigan State one-dimensional and play right into the Sun Devils' strengths, that's going to be a big key for ASU. It's all going to be about sustained drives for them and keeping Michigan State in check and having consistent be, consistency be a part of that defense. So as Cody mentioned, stopping the rushing game was a huge reason why Utah State was able to stay in that game, and it's going to be huge going forward if Arizona State wants to pull off the upset. Yeah, like, um, like I think Michigan State, it'll be interesting to know, because you know, obviously Michigan State is coming into a – uh, you know, heat, 100-degree temperatures on Saturday, more, more than likely. So I'll be curious to see how they adapt to that. Um, you know, I didn't realize this until today, but ASU is 10-0 all-time against Big Ten teams at Sun Devil Stadium. So ASU has had their numbers. They have won four straight, they have been four straight non-conference ranked opponents while wearing black. Four straight ranked opponents while wearing blackout uniforms. So, you know, a lot of history is on ASU's side. So do you guys think ASU has a legit chance or do you think, you know, once kickoff, you know, people's confidence is going to decrease, you know, once they see a quarter or two? You know, I expect ASU to have a big chance in this week. I definitely didn't see a good Michigan State team last week. And while I do see them rebounding this week, I see ASU flying high. And we saw a very vanilla offense from ASU last week. Manny Wilkins talked about it at the press conferences throughout the week and after the game. They had 10 pass concepts ready, and they only used about two or three. So this ASU offense has a lot more to show, and they still put up a lot of points. So expect the ASU offense and defense both to show a lot more against the right opponent this week and show things that Michigan State isn't ready for because they are not really used to that 3-3-5 defense in the Big Ten. 
Yeah, and it's going to be hard for them to prepare for a receiver like Nikhil Harry. And dealing with him and being in the heat for four quarters, there's only so much you can prepare for in that sense. You're going to have to get used to it as you get out there. So for them, they're going to have to be used to that in sustaining drives. And if you're Arizona State, you have to try to control the clock in this game and make Michigan State's defense stay on the field longer so you can tire them up and expose them more toward the fourth quarter. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many chances ASU decides to take here. Because it seems like, to me, they were being, I don't know, being they were, they were being really aggressive early, but then obviously they kind of stepped back and trying to be more conservative. So I'll be curious to see how many shots they take considering the, uh, the caliber of opponent they'll be facing in Michigan State. I'm like, obviously the atmosphere will be amazing, so they'll have the crowd behind them. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So do you guys, what do you guys think will happen? Um, backing off your point right there about aggressiveness, I think when you have a senior quarterback in Manny Wilkins and a receiver like Nikhil Harry, running backs like Eno Benjamin, Isaiah Floyd, you got to be aggressive against these teams. You got to take those, you know, fourth and short opportunities. So I think with Manny Wilkins at the helm, I think this ASU team is going to come in very aggressive, try maybe a little trickery up their sleeve. You know, you never know what they have on the offensive end since we did see, you know, such vanilla offense. So I expect ASU to come out, and I think they have actual chance. It's going to be fourth, a full four quarters from this ASU team if they want to have a chance against a very good Michigan State team. Yeah, and to your point, though, on the telecast, Herm told the broadcaster saying that the difference between college and NFL is in college, you actually need to take more chances than the in the NFL, which I think is really interesting that he feels that way in college that you need to take more chances. So, you know, obviously Will can still go out, he'll target Harry, but I'm like, I'm assuming Michigan State will double team Nikhil Harry. UTSA yeah. did not double team him for some reason. Um, so it'll be more of like Kyle Williams, um, some of the uh, Darby, it'll be more of those guys considering how much, it'll be interesting to see how much role, how big of a role they will have in the game. And to your point right there, Nikhil Harry had six receptions. The next closest was Frank Darby and Eno Benjamin. They both had two. So we obviously saw Manny Wilkins target Nikhil Harry a lot. So I think Michigan State's going to take that in into consideration we did see a lot of receivers get some catches but you know really when you see that Nikhil Harry sixth and Frank Darby next closest at two you obviously have to get Nikhil Harry out of the picture and make someone else beat you if you're Michigan State and in a game where you win 49 to 7 there's hopefully a chance that maybe you haven't shown all of your cards in a game like that that potentially the offense is more schemes that they can let loose when they play Michigan State and you're going to have to establish every facet of your offense if you're going to beat that team so that's the hope if you can come out and beat a game beat a team like UTSA, Michigan State won't be prepared for what you're going to bring to the table. Yeah, like obviously Michigan State has supported one of the best defenses in the country under D'Antonio, so um, they'll be ready to go, I feel like. D'Antonio will get this team prepared. Um, so, I guess predictions, so... Are we are we wearing the black jerseys this weekend? Is it confirmed? Yes, it's confirmed. Okay, okay. I'm saying 5-0 and in the black jerseys against ranked opponents in non-conference play. I'm going to say 35-28 ASU. I'm going to say 28-24 Arizona State. I think the heat is really going to get to Michigan State after some time, and the offense is going to be a big surprise, and ASU is going to come to the front center of the national scene this week. This is a hard one. I don't know. It's, it's funny because, you know, Michigan State, obviously, they, you know, they're, you know, they had super high expectations. They had playoff expectations, yes. Michigan State, and that, that was just such a uh, lackluster performance they had last year. Then ASU's coming off a high of a dominant win. I don't think we've seen a blowout win in a long time. We're so used to ASU blowing leads and, you know, winning tight games against not a low-tier opponent. So I think Michigan State will win. I understand the history's on ASU sides, but I think the Spartans will just be too good. I think the experience of Lewerke and Scott, I feel like, will um, will benefit uh, Michigan State, and I feel like their defense will be better than ASU. Because I, I feel like ASU is relying heavily on Harry, and if they can't get Harry involved, that's going to be problems, I feel, for the passing game. If ASU does win, though, like, does your outlook of the season change all of a sudden now? Now that they'll be 2-0, a big win over Michigan State. 
like, you know, does you change, like, where you think they'll finish in the Pac-12? You know, I really came into the season, you know, hopefully expecting a bowl win. That was kind of my line. If we beat Michigan State this week, you're kind of looking at seven, eight wins, may, hopefully nine, maybe, you know, a shot at the Pac-12 title. So I think this is a big week, and it kind of really determines how your expectations for us the season go because we're going to see how good this Herm Edwards-led team really is. The talent is there. You have Manny Wilkins. You have Nikhil Harry. You have all those weapons on offense that you can exploit and take care of. That They have the talent to beat a team like this. It's just a matter of can they show they can do it. And for Herm Edwards, this is his chance to show one of the first signs that his hiring wasn't a mistake and that he can coach college football. So that'll be the big story on Saturday. Yeah, I feel this whole team has a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. I think, you know, people will crush the Herm hire. People, I think, have come around a little bit to the Herm hire, but I feel like the whole team is has a chip on their shoulder. They really want to prove people wrong this season. So I think people are going to also, this would be a huge win for the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, like, obviously, Washington lost to Auburn, so that was a dagger. Uh, from Arizona lost to BYU, and that was a dagger for Khalil Tate and his Heisman candidacy. Um, so do you, th- and also that division, the Pac-12 South is very wide open this yes. year. Like, USC struggled for a half against UNLV. I'm like, they did not look fantastic. So I think if ASU, this would be a huge confidence boost, I feel, if ASU wins this game. And to go back to your point about Edwards, it seems like the players really like playing for him. We saw Chase Lucas talking about how he has more freedom and that they wanted to prove that Herm is a good coach. So that's something as a rallying cry they can use. Yeah, they'll run through a wall for him. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And I see, you know, if ASU gets a win this week, I could see them being, you know, top two in that South. You know, you have Utah and USC, obviously two very good teams. UCLA didn't look that good in their loss against Cincinnati, obviously Chip Kelly's debut. So I think if ASU wins this game, they're going to be near the top of the Pac-12 South and really you know, pushing towards a run of the Pac-12 championship. Oh, my goodness. Pac-12 champion. Oh, my goodness. I guess you're on the train. Yeah. <laughs> the train's coming. I think it's going to lead, hopefully, to a Pac-12 championship. It all depends on this week against Michigan State. Yeah, this is definitely a, a statement for ASU. All righty. So... For Sam, Cody, and Trevor, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week to recap the MSU game and preview their final non-conference game against San Diego State. So once again, thank you for listening.